Welcome to Soft Bites Podcast. Your life, your dentistry. We talk about ways to have more fun and meaning in one of the coolest and most rewarding professions in medicine. Conversations on how to bring awareness, create a healthy workplace, and provide emotional insights to make dentistry a fulfilling activity while making space for one's wonder, creativity, and freedom. Here are your hosts, Banuela and George Andre. The Soft Bites Podcast. Um, today, uh, today I'm here alone, but maybe George Andre will will join us uh, later. And I'm here with Doctor uh, <laughs> Doctor Kenji. Kenji, uh, welcome so much. Uh, welcome to the Soft Bite Podcast. Thank you so much for being here uh, with us. Um, so you're going to have to only me to to talk to, but maybe George Andre will will join us. But um, can you let me just uh, introduce you, make you a brief, brief introduction of your of yourself? Um, you are a young dentist from from Australia. Um, many, uh, maybe many of the ones listening know you uh, from your Instagram account, the Limitless uh, Dentist. I'm a I'm a big, big uh, fan and a follower of your Instagram account already more than one year ago. Um, and, uh, and you give, uh, I mean, you give precious insights and trainings about how to, how to take better care of yourself as, as a dentist, how you can avoid, uh, burnout, how you can take better care of your mental health, how to ov overcome the struggles that we all have as, as, as dentists. And, um, but also you share your story, uh, as I think. Uh, as, as an example for others that might be uh, struggling and to help others with your example and also to fight isolation uh, in dentistry, which I think that uh, it's something that we all suffer also uh, from from isolation when we are when we are dentists. So, so welcome. Welcome to the Soft Bites podcast. I'm so happy to to have you here for the, for this conversation. And and I'm I'm going to invite you to to share a little bit of your how your story started with dentistry because I know that you've been practicing dentistry for uh, five years and correct me if I if I say anything wrong, but I I also know that your story with dentistry started even before you 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 entered dental school, so tell us that story and and why you became a dentist. Yeah, of course. Firstly, thank you so much, Manuela, for having me on the Soft Bites podcast. I'm so grateful that you invited me to be a guest here. And um, I'm also a big fan of your work and what you do um, in terms of the, the mindfulness um, dental training uh, to help our colleagues in Europe um, heal from some of the challenges we all face universally, no matter where you practice around the world. Um, but, you know, as you beautifully mentioned, you know, I have been a practicing dentist now for almost five years. So it will be my fifth anniversary uh, at the end of this year. Um, but as you beautifully mentioned, my dental journey started um, before that. So um, when I was actually in high school, I had already been tossing between two options of healthcare, which was medicine and dentistry. And the reason why I chose those two fields was really because I wanted to figure out a way that I could add value and impact and contribute to my community in a positive way. And I guess from that core values perspective, healthcare made the most sense in terms of a profession that you can really do that. Um, 
I was thinking of medicine, but um, I'm really grateful that my older sister became the first doctor in our family. And I saw how hard she worked. And I also saw um, the lifestyle that doctors have in terms, I mean, I, I, I thank God and all of us, you know, they do amazing work, our, our medical colleagues and friends. Um, but I personally wanted a, a different lifestyle because I didn't want to do night shifts or anything like that. And so I thought, okay, maybe I'll give dentistry a try. Um, now, when I was in my uh, 10th year of high school, or year 10, we call it, uh, there is a component within the program of high school to basically undertake a one-week um, work experience kind of, uh, yeah, training or uh, yeah, experience. And uh, I, because I was exploring dentistry as a potential option, I actually ended up doing my work experience at the very clinic I'm now working as a dentist many, many years ago. Um, and out of that one week work experience, um, I kind of made a decision I wanted to be a dentist because I saw two things. Number one, I saw a f an amazing practice lifestyle, which was office-based hours. But what really I think I talk about that kind of um, transformational effect of what dentistry can do for a person's life was I actually saw one patient where um, a patient who had not been able to smile for many, many years because she had been ashamed of her teeth. I think because she had so many missing teeth um, and my principal dentist who is still my um, principal dentist today um, had given this patient a brand new smile through um, a denture and I remember when the denture was delivered because I was there in that week that the patient broke down crying in joy because for 20 plus years she had not been able to smile. And when I saw the profound impact that the work we can do can have to transform a patient's life for the better, I was sold out. I knew I wanted to be part of that phenomenal profession. And so the week after, I found out that the practice had actually been, um, they had a position available for some what they call junior dental assistants who were high schoolers where they would train them on site. Um, and I started the week after. So, you know, I, I, I started off um, doing uh, sterilization as a junior dental assistant and worked my way up to then assisting with um, the hygienists and the dental therapists. And then eventually during my high school breaks, I'd just spend all of my high school break time working um, and assisting and through chairside assisting, eventually um, got the skill set to then work chairside with the dentists as well. Um, and so that started my journey. And I'm really grateful I had that opportunity early on for two reasons. Number one, it helped to really solidify and clarify that I made the right choice before I even thought about dental school. And number two, I think it was really good that I started as a dental assistant because I was able from a grassroots level to appreciate the team culture and the importance of the team within a dental practice. Um, and so that really started my journey. And even now the philosophy I have, because um, I am usually the dentist in my practice. Um, so within my practice, there is uh, three dentists, two hygienists, and, and we are quite a large practice with 10 surgeries or 10 chairs. Um, and it is usually my job when there is any new dental assistants who come into the practice, they get inducted through me. Um, and my practice manager, who also hired me way back when, who is still my practice manager, and she's almost like a, a second mum to me. She raised me in that practice, just like my principal dentist did um, as a second father or a paternal figure. Um, and uh, they know that because I have gone through the same journey of starting from nowhere or the very beginning, 
um, I'm able to really help these assistants, you know, upskill them to a point to be able to work with me as a dentist. But if they can work with me, I then teach them as the system so that they can end up working with anybody. Um, so that really was where my uh, journey started. And um, I was really grateful that, uh, you know, obviously I knew I wanted to be a dentist. So I guess it helped to simplify a lot of the stress that I think many high schoolers were facing because a lot of them are starting to juggle career options. I like to think that I'm grateful I had pre-planned it. So I felt like I was just putting my chess pieces, almost like I was playing a chess game and putting the pieces in the right position playing. And and for me, I, I felt like I kind of, not that I didn't struggle in high school, obviously there's challenges with any kind of study, but because I knew where I was going, I always had a North Star. So I never felt lost. I knew where what I was striving for, what I was striving to achieve. And I was really grateful that, um, you know, I, I had the scores at the end of my high school in my graduating year to get into a dental school, which was James Cook University um, in far north Queensland on the east coast of Australia, which many people will know is the home of the Great Barrier Reef. If you've seen Finding Nemo, um, it's the most famous reef in the world with, you know, one of the most diverse um, you know, uh, aquatic kind of uh, sea life that you can find. So I was really grateful. I did my five years of dental training there. Um, and I had always had the vision to move back home to Darwin to serve my community. Um, and at the time, my boss um, had already sold to a corporate health insurance, um, which was Bupa. Um, and uh, I wasn't sure when I was looking for a job where I would go. And I'll actually just share in during my dental school years, I actually still worked as a dental assistant during my uni break. So I always made sure I had a touch point within the industry. So I was always learning. Um, and within where I am located, which is Darwin in the Northern Territory, I had actually worked for three different practices. So I would work, obviously, for the practice I now work at, which is one of the largest practices in the area. I then worked for a smaller three-chair surgery and an even smaller two-chair surgery. And it really allowed me through working with different dentists and different setups to also gleam a perspective of what kind of practice I wanted to start my career in as well. And I think that really gave me a, an advantage because I always knew I wanted to end up at the practice I'm at now because of the, the way in which the system was set. And for me, I knew everything like um, that was there. And um, I do share that I'm, it's a, quite a unicorn story because my boss essentially created a job for me. It happened to be the right time. One of the dental therapists had just left the practice. There was a new slot for a, a new clinician. Um, and my photos were still on the wall from when I had still, you know, had been there, you know, not the five years just before that. So it felt like I was coming home. It was a really, really nice feeling. Um, and that started my journey. Hopefully that kind of pieces some things together there for you, Manuela. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, and I love I love your story and I would like I would like to go back to the to, to the part where you were dental assistant and the importance that they that 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 uh, has for uh, you as a dentist and the impact that can have that experience can have uh, when you become a dentist but but maybe a little bit later because um, and one of the reasons you, you started the Limitless Dentist was uh, to, to share your, your, your story. Um, because there's a second part of that, of that story, right? So because what you just uh, told us, it was um, uh, the story until you became a dentist. But after you 
you became a, a dentist, um, you had uh, you had to, to to struggle with all the challenges that uh, that we all uh, have. And um, so, can you tell us uh, uh, that second part of the story that I think led you to uh, to start the limitless, the limitless dentist? Yeah, absolutely. So I think the reason why that that part of that story is so important to set the context is because with the certainty that I had in dentistry, I thought that after I graduated, everything was just going to be as smooth as my journey so far. And to be honest, I didn't have too many hurdles apart from some of the challenges. And obviously I just had to study and work hard, but I'll be honest, I never really experienced any failure really in that point, apart from maybe, um, Within my third year of dentistry, I had to sit a supplemental exam um, to, to get through that year, um, an examination. Um, but outside of that, um, I just thought, yep, I, I'm going to be a dentist. Now, interestingly, I will just share this important precursor because when I talk about my burnout story, because just to set the scene up, I actually ended up burning out 18 months into my career. So I went through what I call an existential crisis because I had such certainty of being a dentist. And how that led to my burnout was in my first 18 months as a dentist, all the failure I didn't experience much through my journey, it all came in front of me as a clinician. And I didn't really know how to deal with it. And part of the precursor to the burnout, actually, I share a part of my story where in my final year as a dentist, so the way in which um, dental school was done at Jane Cook University, in your fifth year, you essentially, they send you out to different placement sites across the country when you work in public health clinics as a student dentist, where you are just seeing a lot of patients almost to the same number as what a public health clinician would be seeing, but you are supervised obviously by a supervising dentist who is registered. And in my first half of the year, I was actually back home in Darwin and I thrived because it was home. I knew the area and I really did well. And I share the story because at the end of June, I felt so confident in my skill set and where I was, I said, I'm ready to graduate now. But interestingly, my second placement was in a place called Townsville, which is just south of Cairns, still near the Great Barrier Reef and in, in Queensland on the East Coast. But when I did that placement, it was number one, the first time I had been in a place away from what I call home, because just to share some context as a person, I'm very much a homebody. I really thrive when I have a connection to a community around me. And in Cairns, I had created that community over four years. So I felt just as comfortable in Cairns. But in Townsville was a completely new place I had never lived before. So that was number one. And number two, I also took it upon myself because um, I share this because my parents have always been so supportive of my journey through dental school that I actually uh, stayed on what they call college accommodation whilst I was in my first four years of dental school. So I didn't have to do much of what they call the adulting that adults have to do in terms of like feeding themselves or, you know, I, I pretty much had meals cooked for me and it was almost just like an extension of having home cooked meals. But in my final year during that last placement, and also just to share financially, my parents were supporting me the entire way. But in that last placement, because I knew I was going to be moving home, I actually set the challenge and I asked my parents' permission to actually experience what it would be like if I was an independent adult living. And I said, I want to pay rent for myself so I can understand what it means to pay rent. 
and I'm also going to cook for myself and and really gain the skill set of independent living because I knew that once I moved home, which I've moved home now, I still live a very, very comfortable lifestyle. But during that time, because there was all these new things that I had not experienced before, what happened was I think that led to what I call my first burnout experience, which happened as a student. But really what happened was there was a stressful experience in my final year where I had my first needle stick injury. And what happened was um, the needle stick went straight through this finger and I've still got a little scar to this day of the area because the, it was a, a block needle that pretty much went very, all the way through the way that my hand slipped in, and out. And because of the protocols around obviously bloodborne viruses and what dentists have to do to get multiple blood tests to clear you, make sure you don't, you know, haven't been transmitted any diseases from the patient um, because it wasn't a clean needle, it was a used needle. And that experience was quite traumatic I guess you could say and on top of not having the normal support network all of a sudden I started to get very worried and scared about whether I was ready to graduate as a dentist because now it affected just that kind of mental rut that I was in or I guess you could say um, that trauma that I experienced it was affecting now my performance as a dentist and so I was less willing to take on more complex procedures or any time or signs of difficulty rather than leading towards it I actually be, I would actually shy away from it and so what happened was leading up to graduation I it was quite a stark difference where I went from being so confident to graduate to actually feeling like I needed another six months of placement to graduate but obviously I passed all my exams and I, I, I was really lucky that I had a lot of good friends that, that helped me through that point. And I graduated and I thought, okay, I've made it this far. I've got my certificate. I've got my registration. I must be okay. But then started my job. And then obviously my very first experience of failure was when I broke a K file inside my first molar root canal case, right? More importantly, I managed to break two size 10 files in two separate canals on the same patient. And I thought, oh my God, I must be the worst dentist in the world. I have absolutely catastrophically, you know, um, you know, mutilated this patient. Little did I know that actually, you know, thanks to our amazing endodontic specialist friends, you know, the way in which I had actually separated the files, it was able to be bypassed and the patient still got a good outcome. But rather than having a growth mindset and learning from that mistake, I vowed to myself that I would never do molar endodontics again because I just did not want to feel that pain and trauma of what I had caused that patient ever again. And part of that was because I'm such a caring person. I said, you know, that is not an example of me caring for a patient. And what happened was that that habit of shying away from things that were difficult or things that were confronting ended up slowly over time, I ended up reducing my scope slowly and slowly and slowly. And so even when it came to my first crown case, I had a lot of difficulty, you know, visualizing the prep. It took me a long time with the patient. You know, my patient was in the chair at that time because my uh, practice had CAD cam dentistry. We had CEREC. So it was same day crown procedure. Um, most dentists, you know, obviously I was a beginner dentist, but, you know, it would be appropriate that, you know, I, I was given maybe two and a half hours I actually had the patient in a chair for almost four and a half hours, which is way too long. Um, and because I was really tired and I wasn't happy with the result, but the patient obviously was very stretched too, I said to myself, I never want to have that experience again. I'm not touching fixed pros ever again either. 
And so what happened was I ended up reducing my scope to the point where I was just doing uh, hygiene as well as simple restorative filling. And I felt really unworthy as a dentist because I thought to myself, how can I be that I was so sure of dentistry, but now I am questioning whether or not I, what is my future going to look like? And at the time that I also burnt out was also the same time that COVID also kicked in as well. And so it was in the middle of kind of June 2020 when I had this burnout episode because I graduated in 2018 that I really started to, um, with the uncertainty of everything, was just my mindset was just slowly unraveling and I was starting to spiral. And I got to the point where I was actually having panic attacks in the morning just before work, dreading, oh, my God, what am I going to make a mistake on or what patient am I going to mutilate today all of these really negative words and things and associations I put into my brain and I do come from a Buddhist faith background so I had always known or had the habit of meditation in the morning but I even noticed that I was getting to the point of my burnout stage where that five minutes of bliss that I'd have for meditation before and after I would still have high cortisol levels and panic attacks immediately before and immediately after. So I just showed up to work in not the greatest mind state, mental state, and I just got to the point where I was like, I don't know if I can carry on doing this. And I actually thought about quitting dentistry. But that was quite a scary part of my life because I didn't really know what else I could do. Um, And interestingly enough, um, outside of my clinical work, I have always been doing stuff outside of clinical dentistry in the realm of what we call leadership. And so I have always been a part of um, the uh, Australian Dental Association, which is our advocacy body. And what was interesting during my burnout phase was that I noticed that all of my stress and my burnout was linked to my clinical self-esteem in my work. Because in the midst of my burnout, what I call my hell week or my hell month, where everything I felt like was going against me, when I left the practice to go, you know, talk about how we were doing something to improve dentists' um, support, I really thrived and I felt joyful in the midst of that stress. And so I realized that there was a bit of a disconnect because I knew that it wasn't dentistry as an industry that I was burnt out about. It was purely just the work or the clinical work and how I was navigating those emotional challenges and turbulence um, and so that really led me on a journey to when I said I wanted to quit dentistry I realized I had to um, come to a consensus and I've never been a quitter as well and that's I was kind of pushing through for the sake of pushing through but I did say to myself that okay um, around that time as well um, rather than seeking therapy or anything or seeing a psychologist, because that was still a huge stigma in my family coming from an Asian background and I had never, you know, seen a psychologist ever in my life and we don't talk about mental health in, in my family, um, it was, I realised that, okay, I had to find a path to heal this trauma. And so what I actually ended up doing was going through a personal development route. Um, so many people who listen to this podcast or my community will know um, have heard of a guy called Tony Robbins or Anthony Robbins, who is a well-known um, motivational coach or, I mean, you know, whatever title he wants to say. But, he, you know, he is very, very good at what he does in terms of helping people see a different perspective. Um, and so I pretty much went through during the 
the COVID times, everyone was burning out. They had this thing called the, um, the, uh, the, the breakthrough challenge to break through your challenges. And what I noticed was, you know, it was a live uh, stream on, at that time, everyone went to Zoom and it was happening in US time. So I was watching the replays and I noticed that just by participating in this really kind of, you know, very inspiring, motivating kind of uh, online thing and seeing, you know, um, you know, how they were, it was a very high energy as well. I did notice that I was feeling a bit better just by tuning in and taking some notes and learning. And it made me realize that I said, okay, I'm at the fork in the road where I, I might quit dentistry. I felt like I wanted to quit. But it was very important to me that I said to myself, because I've always been a very self-aware person. I'm grateful because I was raised by, I say I, I was raised by women. My, my founding rocks or my foundations of the, my two role models in life are my sister and my mother. And I was very in tune with my emotions. The one thing I, I was self-aware about was I said to myself, if I'm going to quit dentistry, if I quit dentistry but don't do the healing work and I go into a completely different industry, what happens when I have another challenge in that industry? If I didn't heal the work and I just swept it on the carpet, there is a potential likelihood that I may struggle again and burn out again in a completely different industry and feel those emotions again versus I do the harder work and I heal my trauma. And if at the end of that, I still feel like dentistry is not the right path for me, at least I know I have a strong foundation moving forward that no matter what industry I choose, I have the, the mechanisms and the tools and the strategies to be able to overcome stress and burnout again in the future. And so I went down that second path. And I said, okay, let's, let's get the healing done. And in about a six to eight month period, I think I invested around about, you know, $65,000 Australian dollars in personal development coaching programs. Um, and, you know, I was able to refine purpose and fulfillment. And out of that, came the Limitless Dentist because I started to have the confidence to share my story first with my practice manager because I was really afraid of being judged and if anyone's listening and anyone's going through burnout at the moment if you're watching this podcast you know many times we really worry about sharing the people in our practice because we're concerned they're either going to judge us or think of us as a liability and to be honest if you're feeling that way I felt the exact same way but because I had such a, a nurtured relationship from all those years before with my practice manager I was able to open up to them and what I received instead was all the support I needed. They slowed down my books, they gave me time um, and, and they allowed me to slowly work my way back up again. They did not put any extra pressure on me and they gave me more mentorship if I needed it as well. Outside of that, when I began to share with more dentists, both in my practice and also with colleagues outside because of the ADA work that I was doing in, the, in terms of advocacy, I noticed a common thread that everyone shared with me. They said, Cajun, I know exactly how you feel. I've been through that myself. So it really lifted that pressure off my shoulders to know, oh, thank God I'm not alone in the way I feel. But the second nightmare that it revealed to me was, how is it that we just accept as a society or as a profession that burnout is the norm? It is at some point in time accepted, you will burn out. And sorry, we don't have anything to give you to prevent it. You're just going to have to manage. And the other thing that also um, raised awareness of as well is when I chose to become a dentist, many people told me, which I thought was very interesting, they said, Cajun, did you know that dentists have the highest suicide rate? And I said, no, but that's a really weird fact, but thank you. But, you know, I know why I'm doing what I'm doing. 
when I went through my burnout phase, I really understood how easily it was for some of our colleagues to go down a very, very dark path. And because when you when you feel like you're the only one going through because you see everyone else thriving in their careers and lifestyles, you think everyone else has it rosy, but you are the only one suffering. And so I really understood. I said, okay, what can I do to turn my mess that I went through into a message of hope for other people? And that was where the Limitless Dentist was born. Um, and uh, since then, I've been on a, a journey of, you know, helping as many people as I can through that Instagram platform, um, sharing firstly my own testimony, because I never tell anyone that I'm an expert because I don't think of myself as one. I'm simply a student of learning, of, of, of mindset, growth mindset. And I always share with people that anything I teach or share through my platform or whoever I have a, the opportunity to chat to one-on-one, I always apply what I teach because I think it would be very disingenuous and inauthentic of me if I shared a teaching, but I did not practice it in my own life. And so it always has to come from personal testimony. Um, But that is a very roundabout way, uh, Manuela, of how the Limitless Dentist came about. Thank you. Thank you. <clears throat> I, I, I love to, to hear your, your story. Such a, you're such an inspiration because you, I think that it takes a lot of courage. For me, I'm from a different generation. Um, so I, I mean, I graduated dentistry more than 20 years ago. And for me to, to, to listen to you um, uh, talking about uh, the even the the specific cases where you where you failed, you know, to 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 break the 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 files. I mean, it happened to me a lot. It happened to everyone that is listening. I'm I'm sure, but we don't talk about it. So, for me, it takes a lot of courage to be uh, this transparent and and vulnerable in in a community that demands. And when I was when I was writing the 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 questions that i wanted to to make you i wrote this word the a community that that demands a lot of perfectionism because it still is and i think that's one of the reasons why then we have we have those numbers that you just mentioned uh, that and it's still considered to be normal uh, to be a highly stressful profession for you to burn out yes i i i, I was uh, i was totally identifying with you when at a certain moment of my career, I started to really studying uh, stress in dentistry because I myself also uh, discovered the mindfulness as a tool for dealing with the stress of, that the profession was, was bringing me. And, and when I started to associate these two and I went deeper on the studying of, of, of the stress in dentistry, and I started talking with colleagues about this, uh, I, I noticed, okay, but everyone is taking this as normal in dentistry. Uh, uh, sometimes I even had colleagues laughing. Oh, yeah, yeah, it's part of the job. And I thought to myself, no, this is not part of the job. I mean, of course, uh, it comes with challenges. It comes, uh, there's, there's not a, such thing as a stress-free dentistry, but healthy stress, something that you can strive uh, on that keeps you motivated, that keeps you focused. That that's the, the I mean, stress has a purpose, but in the in in a way that that uh, that that it's so negative for you that uh, it causes the burnout, depression, exhaustion. That is not normal. That's negative stress, and how we as a community 
uh, nowadays we reach to a point that we take that for normal. And and how don't we have the tools? Uh, okay, if it's a highly stressful uh, profession, if you if you accept it as that, so you have to have the, t the tools to deal with it. And when I ask, okay, so it's a highly stressful profession and how you deal with it? Oh, I don't know. I don't know. By uh, sometimes experience or I don't, uh, you know, and that experience comes with, uh, with, with, uh, with bias, uh, with bias, uh, with, uh, with, 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 uh, strategies that are maladapted it makes you work based on fear so i think that we still have a long way but i think it's so good that we are having this this conversation but and but yes it takes a lot of courage to be this this transparent and vulnerable and we are still in a community that demands a lot of professionalism and we demand it to our to ourselves uh, also, we, we we also impose that professionalism in in ourselves. And let me ask you: How is the dental community responding to your to your testimony, to your work uh, on bringing awareness to mental health and and, and dentistry? Because I know that you are making an excellent uh, work on that also, so to bring all of this into 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 the community uh, so you, i think you are you are leading the way on how to integrate this in, in in the community tell me how was the reaction of the community to your work to your testimony yeah so i'll, I'll be very honest with you manuela when i first started doing this work i was expecting a lot of backlash i was going to expect a lot of criticism but to this day i have not had one word of backlash and that has been very surprising because i think as dentists, we think, I think because we are in a profession where we need to critique things when we diagnose things because we are identifying problems so that we can find solutions. That is very much part and parcel of what we do as dentists. And as a result, when we have relationships outside of dentistry with colleagues or friends, sometimes we bring that mindset with us where we're expecting people to find problems yes. with us. Yes, But a lot of times that doesn't happen because when it talks to matters of the heart and emotions, as you beautifully mentioned before, Manuela, everyone, whether you're a dentist or not, has gone through some sort of burnout stress. It is actually a universal condition because it's not specific to a profession, although there are some characteristic traits you mentioned, like perfectionism, that put us at a higher risk of burnout than other professions. But when we talk about sharing stories, I think the impact it's had when I've spoken to a very diverse range of people, and I'm talking about people from uh, your generation, Manuela, and even um, a little bit more seasoned than your generation, so people who have been out for 30, 40 years, um, you're always going to get people who may not get it to the level you get it because they've just figured out a way to get through it. But by and large, everyone has had an experience of burnout or a crisis point where they were contemplating quitting. I even had some dentists tell me who I think they were 15 to 20 years out as dentists, and they said that they would work for five to 10 years and take a whole year off because they burnt out. They had to take a year off and then come back and work again. And while I do promote rest and I promote, you know, if that's, you know, what was helping for that person, then great. 
But I also know dentists who never came back after that rest point because they were so burnt out, they didn't have enough in them to come back to serve the way they wanted to serve. And so interestingly, the impact so far, I have not received any backlash. But what I have received has been really, really overwhelming support in terms of people who have reached out to me privately through DMs, either on Instagram or even on my personal Facebook Messenger, who have said, Cajun, I've, I watched this training, or I watched this um, live, and, um, you know, thank you so much because you actually spoke what I was thinking um, and, you know, you voiced a lot of my concerns that I wasn't brave enough to share. And I know you mentioned about the courage it takes to share. And interestingly, that's also a mindset thing too because many times we see vulnerability as a weakness because we are conditioned by society that sharing our weaknesses is not acceptable. But I think we can understand that in order to improve in anything in life, we must be very real about where our deficiencies are, not from a judgment standpoint, but just understanding this is where I start. This does not have to be where I finish. And I think I understood that vulnerability is actually a core strength because what it does is it actually taps into self-awareness to realize that you don't have everything together, which is okay. Because Rome wasn't built in a day, you know, um, and nothing happens overnight. Any success doesn't happen overnight. So we must accept that we have to have a starting point. And more importantly, understanding our relationship with failure too. Because part, I think, of the reason why dentists burn out outside of perfectionism is we are taught the wrong relationship with failure. We think that failure is the opposite of success and it's something that we do not want. But I understood with a different perspective, because everything is about perspective and how we see things, that failure is a precursor to success. Every success, if we think about walking, I always use this example. When you see a baby trying to walk for the first time, they will stumble, they will fall. But no adult ever says to that baby when they fall and stumble, this child cannot walk and they will never walk in their life. We never say that. Why? Because we accept that they're falling down and then getting back up again is part of the resilience they need and the confidence they build in themselves to eventually get one foot forward and eventually take their very first steps. And so it's interesting that we lose that mindset because society conditions us a different way or programs us a certain way. But I really had to learn for myself how to understand that failure was actually inherent and it was vital to my success but more importantly, it was vital about how I took away. So leaning into failing and failing forward with a mindset that, you know, what can I learn from this moment or this mistake so that when I have the next time this happens, I can serve my patient in a greater capacity. I'm, I'm wiser because of these failures. Um, I'm, I'm better because of these failures. I'm not worse off. It's made me stronger because I pushed through that difficulty. And now I have some wisdom to be able to add value to the next person or even another dentist who has that problem. And I can say, hey, I've been through the exact same thing. This is what I did to get through it. Um, but yes, I, to answer your question directly again, Manuela, I have received, um, it's, I never know the direct impact until people share their testimonies with me about how my work has affected them. Um, and to be honest, when I started the Limitless Dentist, I had one mission focus only. If I can just help one dentist from going down a potential suicide route, 
and be able to help them thrive again, I think the net benefit of the entire global community, but more alone the, that family that is served, that dental practice that is served and the patients that are served because that patient was able to heal, no money can ever put a price tag on that kind of impact. And so for me, it was just being able to impact one life. I knew I would have accomplished everything that I set out to achieve. But understanding that as a human condition, we all share very similar experiences. I've been very, very grateful that my work has been able to reach more than one. Um, but yes, I must be honest, Manuela, I, I'm still yet to hear some backlash and um, I've been very genuinely surprised. That's that's great. I'm so happy to to hear to hear that. Um, well, I have to say that I, I have exactly the same experience as you. I also um, and 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 for me, um, it's it's interesting because I started um, I started to when I started to give mindfulness courses for for dentists. I at the beginning I didn't share my my story. It was only after that I started sharing my story, and because I was um, in the beginning, I had I had this fear of being of being judged, uh, because of of uh, the process that I also had uh, had been through, and. Um, but but then I realized, of course, during the courses, I I, I, I told my story to the colleagues that I was uh, working uh, working with and doing the, the courses with me, and I started to realize that it they they uh, knew exactly what I was talking about, and and it and it gave such an, an extra dimension to everything that I was uh, that I was saying. Um, and 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 also put it everything in 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 context in context, and um, and and there was one point that that I said no, this is not only my my uh, my work, this is my my life uh, experience that I'm bringing also to to the to to this project, mindful dentistry. Like you said, I I, I mean I practice everything that I that I teach, so uh, I'm the perfect example uh, uh, here. And, and also, I think that when I think this shift is happening in, in dentistry and it's because uh, of voices like, like yours. So we are shifting the profession from this hard, uh, you know, this hard uh, and fixed uh, thing that was dentistry. Uh, with no emotions, like a, a cold, you know, cold. it was like this cold organism that was very uh, not always in the same uh, shape and size. And now, I think that we, by bringing all this new uh, it's it layers to dentistry, you know, the vulnerability and 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 uh, the growth mindset and how to deal with with failure. And how I think it it it's bringing so much richness to to dentistry and so much new, and it's it's like this organism is starting to evolving in this uh, in this beautiful way. So, so and I and again I think it's because of voices like like yours because you express everything in such a beautiful way, and you uh, are able to to really. Um, to really describe your 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 journey and and all the process in in a very beautiful way so thank thank you for that 
And I, I shared with you because we we had an, an Instagram live one. Uh, if you want to 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 watch our conversation, just go to our Instagram accounts and you and you can and you can listen to that. But uh, and I share with you that in my process, it was very helpful for me to to seek for uh, psychotherapy um, uh, help and. Do you think, and you already mentioned also that during your process, that was not your first choice. Um, do you think there's still, uh, and, I, and, I, and I think there is still a, a stigma related uh, for asking for medical help in, burnout, in a burnout situation or seeking psychotherapy. Um, what is your, uh, how do you stand on that? Do you think there's still a, a stigma? Because, um, and you mentioned this also in our, in our conversation, and I, I also think that you explained this uh, very well, because the, the stigma should not be about asking for help, right? The stigma should be uh, you continuing work in a situation that that uh, that you are not, uh, I mean, there's even not, uh, I didn't put this in the right way, there should not be any stigma at all. But, um, but when you are facing a burnout situation, is it still not considered normal for you to ask for medical help or psychotherapy? What do you think about that? Yeah, and no, I thank you for your question, Manuela. I think um, this is a really important thing because I, I truly believe there still is a stigma, unfortunately, to getting psychotherapy. And I think it's for two reasons. Number one, as healthcare professionals, we give so much of ourselves for our patients that there's never really ever a conversation for when we need help because it's just never spoken about. So yeah, that's empathy, part of the empathy, system. Empathy burnout is real also. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, to be honest, I also share with people that since my first burnout journey, it's not that I have never had burnout ever since. I actually had a burnout episode almost once every year since I started my journey of the Limitless Sentence. The difference was my burnout episodes got shorter because the tools I implemented straight away were able to get me back on track. But I do share with you, and I think I shared on the live, Manuela, that until literally last year, I still had a stigma of getting psychotherapy, which is why I always leaned into personal development because I thought if I can just use personal development coaching, that will be fine. But I actually got to a point last October where I experienced a significant, another crisis point. And this was, and I'll share with this vulnerably, and I'll try to digress this without going too long. What happened was, I had undertaken, because my relationship with fixed prosthodontics has always been not a great relationship because I've never always been able to visualize the final prep. And I didn't like how the minute there was a little bit of, um, you know, uh, error in the margin, you had to fix the whole lot. You couldn't just fix that one area. And so there was so much precision that was required from fixed prosthodontics to get a good result. And I did not like that because there was no margin for leeway like composite dentistry or adhesive dentistry allows you to do. So what I did was before I said to myself of limiting beliefs of saying fixed prosthodontics is not for me, I decided to undertake significant continuing education in the form of a residency to be able to upskill myself. And so as I started that program, I did see my skills improve because it was basically hands-on courses, but they gave you a mannequin 
in your practice, which was done via live virtual conference software, just like how we're going live today. And you take photos and you get live feedback on your cases. And there was actually one module where we did a six hour hands on on a Saturday where I prepped, I think, 16 teeth in the space of seven hours, which I did see marked improvement of just with repetition. But interestingly, outside of that skill set improvement, when I then went to go try to do my next case, all of my previous trauma and anxiety that I thought I had healed all came up again. And, I, at, and at that point as well, all my coping mechanisms that did work before no longer worked anymore. So I was very scared. That was my first realization that I said, okay, I actually need help now because everything that I've tried that worked before, I cannot think that what worked before will work again. And what happened was we're really lucky that in Australia, since COVID, our dental board that provides the registration and the licensing actually funds a third-party crisis hotline, which is a 24-7 service in Australia called Dental Practitioner Support. So if any of my Australian dentists are listening, you know, you can reach out um, with that website. It's just called dentalpractitionersupport.com. And it is funded by the Dental Board of Australia, but they do not take information. So it's completely confidential. And more importantly, it is brief intervention counselling. So when I rang that hotline after a, a significant episode, they were able to calm me down and they said, yep, you know, everything you've done is exactly right. I ended up cancelling the patient for the day, taking half the day off because I was just, I was to the, I had not slept the whole night. I had physical heart palpitations where I thought I was going to have a heart attack because of that much of a panic attack. And I was shaking like this. And I said, this is not healthy. I'm now having a physical manifestation of my stress that I have never seen before. Outside of that, I then spoke to the course coordinator about that episode. And that course coordinator, who was actually a very, very well-known person on Instagram, but I won't name drop him for confidentiality of that conversation, but a well-known dentist um, on Instagram and a well-known teacher, and he shared with me privately that he had been under um, experiencing high functioning stress and anxiety for much of his career and that he had been regularly seeing his psychologist as part of his management plan. And he said to me, he said, Cajun, I don't think continuing education is your problem. I, he said, no amount of skill set is going to fix this issue. He says, I think this is a deeper psychological trauma that you need to do some work with a psychologist to fix. And so because of him being vulnerable with me in that moment, it inspired me to actually finally see a therapist or a psychotherapist or a counsellor or psychologist. And out of that came my greatest breakthrough because over a two to three month period, we worked every two to three weeks and um, I had found a, uh, a psychologist that especially spe uh, worked with healthcare professionals. Um, and they were based in Brisbane, which is on the East Coast. And we did it over Zoom, which I was very comfortable with. Um, and all my psychologist did was I think of it as a coach. She just provided me with tools for things to reflect on and work on. And because I had already had a good foundation of taking a lot of action in spite of being afraid, I just implemented everything we talked about. And what happened was over the two to three month period, because my crisis was around whether or not I was suitable for this practice I was working in my entire life because I thought that if I if I said no to fixed prosthodontics, which I have now and I'm the happiest dentist I've ever been, thriving in the scope that I've practiced in, 
um, I was worried I was letting the team down and I thought that I would be a burden on the team. But actually, again, when I opened up myself, they said, no, Cajun, we never told you you had to do anything. We just want you to be happy. And so I was thinking about exiting that practice. But this, the, the, the reason why I sought psychotherapy was I wanted my goal for psychotherapy, and this is very important, that you always come with a goal of what do you want as an end outcome. I said I, my end outcome for therapy is I want to be able to, if I choose to stay in this practice and change my scope and redesign my role, that is a good thing. And if I choose to leave this practice, it is also a good thing. I wanted to make sure I was good with both options. And at the end of that three-month period of psychotherapy, I decided to stay because I was able to reorient my role. Um, and as a result of that, I have increased my productivity. My income has increased. My fulfillment and happiness has increased. I'm finally thriving in the way that I'm truly meant to be thriving. So that's my um, my journey of psychotherapy. And that's why I now share when people ask me about seeing a psychologist, I share with them. I say, hey, if you still have a stigma, that is okay because I did for many years. But this is what I found when I finally had the courage to get the help I needed. And this was the reason why I got the help. Um, and I did mention, I think, over the live that sometimes you need to hit a particular breaking point to really change something. I, I never want anyone to feel burnout, but there has to be a level of discomfort that you're no longer willing to bear that then becomes the inspiration for you to change something radically in your life because, you know, it gets to a point where you can't get any worse than what you're feeling. So you might as well try something new. Okay, um, let's let's start our uh, final part of our of our conversation. Just uh, a, a little uh, quick questions now. First of all, we, uh, I wanted you because I think this is very interesting that you started as a dental nurse. What perspective does that brings to a dentist, and is that something you recommend to to a dentist to to to, do, to have that experience? Absolutely. I recommend any, so any high school student that tells me they want to be a dentist, I ask them why first. And if I say, if you think it's because we make lots of money, don't do dentistry because there are other ways of making good money without that kind of stress. But what I also encourage them to do is to work as a dental assistant, because when you can work as a dental assistant and appreciate the work that they do, and you understand that as a dentist, you cannot do what you do without having the phenomenal team that supports you. I mean, I have worked without a good assistant before or any assistant, and I've done the worst work. You can take the best dentist in a poor, poor support system, and they will not do their best work. You can take the worst dentist, although I don't really believe there are any, but you know, a less skilled dentist, put them in a very supportive environment with the best assistants, and they will produce some of their best work. So what that means is our excellence comes down to not just our skill set, but actually the excellence of our team. And that is why I respect my assistant so much. And I tell my assistant that I do not, this is not a dictator or a power, a power relationship where I have authority over you. You and I must work as a team because without you, I can't do my best work. And it's so important you understand that you matter to the end result in terms of my patient experience as well. Yeah, I, I totally, I totally agree with you. Uh, now, what what is your advice um, on what should uh, someone uh, do if you spot uh, a young dentist uh, or not so young dentist struggling? What's your advice that uh, someone should do? Firstly, 
see if you can find someone who you have trust with, what I call a confidant, who you feel comfortable in sharing your struggle with. I'm always open. Um, you know, if anyone ever wants to reach out to me on Instagram, I'm sure Manuela would also be, agree here as well as a, as a source of communication. You know, we want to be able to be a source of light for people who are in a dark period trying to find where the end of that tunnel looks like. So please make sure you get the help you need. Um, more importantly as well, you know, I do share that how you overcome burnout is not by just therapy alone, but it's implementing good habits in your life. You need to be practicing good mindfulness on a daily basis, even when you're having good days, because if you just wait for bad times to occur and then all of a sudden think you're going to have the toolkits ready to use. I mean, just think of it like this. If you never practice using a drill for restorations and you did something else, you just did ART, for instance, a traumatic restorative thing with no drilling and then expect to be able to drill when you have to use the drill, but you never use the drill because you never practice using a drill, you probably wouldn't be so confident using the drill. So if we accept that, we must accept that with mindfulness, if we do not practice it as a daily habit, we cannot expect that we will be able to use it as a coping mechanism when crisis strikes. So it is very important that your habits are there, but more importantly, please reach out to someone you trust. More importantly, when I give this advice, you know, I was lucky that my practice manager was someone that I could trust because we had that relationship. But I do know and I've heard stories of other dentists where if that relationship is not where you fear that they will judge you based on the relationship, do not share with someone information that you think they will use against you. If you have trust your gut instinct, please only share with people who you know have your best intention in mind. Okay, Jin, uh, do you think that the the industry, I mean, the 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 dental industry invests enough in looking after the the mental health uh, um, of the of the community? And also, I don't know, I don't know what's being done in a, in, a, in Australia, but also in terms of a, a dental uh, profession in a de in the dental clinic, is there any? Um, investment in mental health uh, uh, in Australia because uh, here in Europe not so much so we are we are baby steps we are starting to grow awareness but there's no uh, it, it starts it starts with small small things uh, how is it in, in Australia do you think uh, that we are it's already the work that it's done it's already uh, uh, showing results and uh, you are heading in a in a good way? I think we are heading in a good direction, but we've still got a long way to go. So I think, mm -hmm. unfortunately, unlike our UK friends, I think the, what the UK has done very well is they have gone beyond reducing stigma and they finally have prevention yeah. programs in place for their dentists. And that is why I always collaborate with people internationally to learn from them. In Australia, we're still reducing stigma, but there are other people doing what we do, Manuela, who are also sharing about their stories and providing some training programs around mental health and mental wellness as, as through the form of CPD or continuing education, um, which I think is, you know, finally becoming more mainstream and people are accepting of it. But I think we're still in the infancy of that period. So I would say that we've got a long way to go and I'm looking forward to seeing how more dentists, you know, think of mindfulness as just important as a hands-on course to do an implant or do a the next type of crown or bridge work because without mindset first, when we didn't have skill set, we had to have that belief in mindset we could figure it out 
and we gained a skill set secondary to that. So we must invest in mindset and mental health just as much as we invest in our clinical expertise. Uh, How do you see the future of dentistry? I see the future of dentistry where we will have the tools necessary to finally thrive in the way we wish to. And more importantly, we will have self-aware dentists who know why they are dentists, who they are serving, and more importantly, when crisis strikes, it's not about preventing stress. It is about having the management tools to be able to overcome it so that it doesn't become chronic. Um, so I, I think a healthy workforce or a healthy dental populations means we're going to see way more impact and patients that are better served. And to be honest, the brightest future that I see is that suicide rate going down as close as we can to zero. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, Kenji. Uh, last, where can people find you and know more about your work? Where can uh, people get in touch with you? Tell us all about your, your platforms. Sure. So anyone can reach me either at The Limitless Dentist, which I, I mostly provide free live trainings or conversations like I had. So grateful to have Dr. Manuela um, with me for a live conversation recently. But you can find me on Instagram where you can reach out to me either through direct messages or you can even reach out to me on my personal, either on LinkedIn or on Facebook. It's just at Cajun, K-A-E-J-E-N-N dot Chia, which is my surname, T-C-H-I-A. Um, I will share those details with Manuela. So if she wants to put them in the show notes of this podcast, then you can reach me there too. But uh, please, you know, reach out to someone. I'm always welcome having uh, my door and windows are always open to help someone feel seen, heard and understood. And I think that is really where the power lies, because it's just about empowering others through our story sharing to have the confidence to share their story too. Thank you. Thank you so much. Yes. And your all, uh, all your contacts were going to be, are going to be on the, on the show notes. And, um, I thank you. Thank you again, Kenji. I'm always, uh, I'm always smiling when I'm, uh, speaking with you. Such a, you have such a, a good energy and nice, uh, vibe and, and, um, it's always a delight to, to, to talk to you. I hope I have many other opportunities. <laughs> to to continue to to talk to you i'm sure i'm sure uh, that i will because you are you are i think making such a, a a wonderful job on bringing awareness to all this um uh issues and emotions and situations that we all struggle uh in dentistry so i'm sure that we i'm going to to have many opportunities uh in the future to 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 talk to you and maybe we can work together and i even to to meet each other so i, I hope yes. that uh that will happen in the future and thank you so much for your time and on being here because i know that time is is our most precious uh asset nowadays and uh, you uh being able to giving your time uh just such a in a, such a, a generous uh way uh thank you so much for sharing your journey and for, for all the work that you that you bring to to dentistry um, and thank you for the ones listening Thank you for the ones uh, um, that uh, we we have uh, the small community here on the Soft Bites uh, podcast. Um, 
and if you if you need uh, if you are struggling if you need even just to just to have a, a conversation just reach out like uh Kinjin said I'm, I'm my my door is always open also and and sometimes just uh, just just for us to have a, a honest conversation and just to sometimes and i i hear you I hear this all the time. You know, I hear this comment from dentists all the time. I wish I can have a button in my head that I can disconnect. And sometimes it's because we spend so much time just in our heads. If we have someone just to to put everything out, it just it releases a lot of uh, a lot of pressure. And 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 maybe we can help you, you know, to change perspective also in certain in certain uh, situations. Maybe we can give you some tools on how to deal with others. Maybe we can give you um, some uh, insights on how to deal with certain situations and 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 guide you in a in a in a different way. So don't hesitate, and and reach out and reach out to us. We are here to to help you. Gijin, thank you so much once again. Thank you for it having me. It was a pleasure. It was a pleasure. And and bye-bye, everyone. Thank you for, for listening. Bye-bye.